In the name of the triune God. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, St. Andrews. Good morning, Jason Evans. It is a real pleasure and treat to be here with you this morning for a, a few reasons, quite frankly. I feel like I need to change my glasses just to see my notes, but also so you can see me a little better. So give me a second here. As, as Mary Lynn was reflecting on, it's, it was about 10 years ago that I had the privilege of, of meeting Mary Lynn, and it was at that time that I was actually coming into the Episcopal Church. Uh, and uh, for the last 10 years, I've had the privilege of serving three different dioceses, now back home in San Diego, which is my hometown, where I met my wife and where all my kids were born. And, and uh, so it's a pleasure to be back home serving the Diocese of San Diego. But uh, it's, it's also the first time I have preached outside since before that experience of becoming an Episcopalian. And at the time, the last time I preached outdoors was an Easter morning service uh, with uh, when I was a rogue evangelical non-denominational <laughs> pastor. So this is like fun, touching base with people that were at the beginning of my journey into the Episcopal Church, but also uh, my ministry that I've had over the last 20 years as well. Uh, this gospel passage this morning is a fascinating passage in many respects. And so I thought we might just actually start off, just let's recap this story that we, that we heard read to us this morning. It starts off that we find Jesus, he's, he's got the, these crowds pressing in on him. They're wanting to hear what it is that this Jesus has to offer. And yet it's such a large crowd that Jesus has to try to figure out a way to get some distance so he can see everybody and make sure he's heard. And so he sees these, these fishermen coming in from the end of their, their nightly search for fish. And he asks them if he can borrow one of their boats, this, this fisherman named Simon. And Simon takes him out into the lakeside so that he can preach. And then afterwards... Jesus goes to Simon and these other fishermen and says, you know, you should go, you should go try again. And you imagine they, they had to have looked at Jesus with some pretty serious skepticism. You know, it, it's just like any time a preacher or a priest of any kind tries to tell somebody of a trade what to do. They kind of were like, I think you're out of your depth here, you know, pastor or preacher. You, you do the preaching, I'll do the carpentry or whatever it may be. But in this case, you know, they say, look, we already tried and we, we came up empty handed. And Jesus says, go back out. And when they do so, they almost sink their ships they bring in so much. And when they come back in, there's this line that I actually would like us to spend some time with this morning. This line that Simon says to Jesus, he says, go away from me for I am a sinner. In other words, he realizes that this Jesus character is tapped into something that is far beyond his comprehension, that he would have known what could have happened in this moment out on, out on the lake, that the kind of catch that he could have gotten. And he realizes that this Jesus is onto something different and that he is, he is not worthy of working with this Jesus character. Jesus says, but come follow me, and you won't just catch fish, that you'll actually catch people, that you'll bring people into this dream. But that is Simon's initial response. And the interesting thing about this passage is it is 
a similar response shared across three of the passages that come from this lectionary readings today. In our first reading from Isaiah this morning, we see the, the speaker in that narrative saying, you know, who am I? I'm a, I'm a person of unclean lips. Why would you be sharing with me? And it had to have been a little daunting. If you ever get a chance, Google seraphs. Those are some scary creatures. I think I might say it's the same thing just to try to exit from the scenario here. Like, that's a scary monster. Who am I to serve God? I think I need to go someplace else right now. But also, if, we, if you look at the other New Testament reading on, on this, this morning, we also meet Paul, the Apostle Paul. And Paul tells his backstory. And one of the things Paul talks about is how unworthy he was to be a partner with Jesus as well, for goodness sake. Before being called by Jesus to be an apostle, he had been killing Christians. And so in three readings on this Sunday morning, we have individuals that come into an encounter with the divine, with the holy, with Jesus himself, and they say, who am I? Why would you ask that of me? I'm not worthy of this. Have you ever felt that way? As I was reading the passages earlier this week, getting ready, one of the things I, I do in preparation every week is I read through all the passages that are assigned on our lectionary schedule, and then I I read all the other passages but the gospel and read the gospel last and try to imagine what it is like to read those passages through the lens of the gospel. And I asked myself that same question. Have I ever felt like that? That these three different scenarios, that kind of a person that was unworthy and, you know, kind of funny and kind of depressing, is what it brought me back to was middle school when we were picking teams for soccer. Anybody, I'm sure some of you are excellent soccer players, maybe the best, but I was not one of the best soccer players. So I oftentimes didn't be one of those kids that was the very last to be picked for volleyball or soccer or whatever it was. It's, it's no mistake that I ended up just talking for a living as opposed to like <laughs> using physical coordination. But I'm sure that if we're all honest, we have those moments in life where we have felt unworthy, incapable. We have felt like we were the last to get picked, that we were lost in the mire of life. Even given these last few years with the pandemic, how many of us have had those moments where we have thought that the pressures and the challenges that we exist within are just with, beyond our capacity to manage ourselves? Who are we to take on the challenges we face? Who am I? But that is exactly why a passage such as this one is important for us all. Because of the very fact that we have all been in that position, we have thought, why me? Who am I? To be reminded that it is in these moments that Jesus shows up and says, because you're my beloved, because you were created in the image of God, because I love you. That that is, that is what grace is. That it talk, that it, in the reading from, uh, with Paul, uh, that we, we didn't read it this morning, but it's, it's there in the lectionary readings if you want to go look at it. That is exactly what Paul is talking about when he talks about grace. That it is, it is not because of anything we have earned or done. 
It is not based on merit, but affection that we are invited into what God is doing in the world. And this image of overabundant nets, this idea that the creator of the cosmos actually longs for our flourishing, that longs for us to experience abundance, that is going about the work of redeeming and reconciling all things in this world, whether or not we choose to participate, longs for our participation. Friends, I think that that is oftentimes the boundary for a lot of us in joining up with what God is doing in this world. Whether it is in seeking justice, planting gardens, inviting our neighbors and friends and loved ones to church, or just sharing the good news of God's love with others, or what other varied ways it can be, our reluctance is simply that we just somehow think it's beyond our worth. We haven't had enough education. We swear too much. Whatever the excuse may be. And I hope what you hear in this gospel reading this morning is that the Creator is saying to you that that is not why. It is not the things that you could count as your unworthiness, but your loveliness. The very fact that you live and breathe in this world. That Jesus has said, come with me and participate with me in the transformation of the world for something better for this, this dream that we see of God's that is captured in our scriptures, that is different than the nightmare that this world often can be for us and others, as our presiding bishop likes to talk about. Because you are loved, God invites you. And so as you go into this week, I hope if you take anything away from this, you will ponder the question of how in your life God is asking you to say, here I am, send me. Not because of anything I've accomplished, not because I am worthy or unworthy, but because I am loved by my maker, none of that matters. Simply that God loves me. That I am invited to participate in God's dream for this world. Amen.